welcome to the uh, FBC Global Church Podcast. Uh, I'm Scott McManigal, one of the Global Missions Pastors at FBC, and in this episode, I get the privilege of interview interviewing um, my favorite missionary family of all the world, uh, Joel and Rachel McManigal. And uh, Joel and Rachel have been on the field now for almost three months, and uh, so thought it would be a really good time to have feature Joel and Rachel and have them give us an update of how things have been and um, what they've been doing. And so you guys have been there almost three months now. How many people have you led to the Lord? <laughs> There's a lot more to it than just that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some people might not realize what it takes to, you know, you move to another country and, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be involved in cross-cultural ministry. Um, like, what does it take to get to the place where you can, like, finally give somebody the gospel? Um, a huge part of that is definitely relationships. Without relationships, you don't have a voice into someone's life. You don't have the ability to share something so important, so meaningful, and for them to take it to heart and to truly believe um, those that and those relationships of course take time and it's probably takes more time being a foreigner being um, somebody that is different uh, so a huge yeah a huge part of that is is of course the relationships but then of course language as well being able to communicate to somebody in their heart language in a language that they truly understand, um, it, it takes time to be able to communicate at that level. Um, and then, and then teaching, teaching and communicating the gospel in a way that it, it replaces their old beliefs rather than just adding to it. And so, they may believe in spirits or um, a, a large range of beliefs. And if we just go in and say, you know, there was a person named Jesus that died and paid for your sins, that, that says nothing to how this world was created, that there is only one God and that he's created everything. He's in control of everything. It, it says nothing to that. So their beliefs about the spirits and the power that the spirits have, that remains. Mm. And so now what are they going to do with this? Jesus died for my sins. Wait, well, I needed someone to die for my sins? Mm. What what <laughs> happened? What happened at the beginning? Yeah. Oftentimes they know like that that there's wrong in this world and there's sin in this world. Like they see that, mm. but they need a savior that something happened at the beginning that man fell away from the Lord and there's separation between this relationship. Mm. They're, they're not aware of that at all. And so once we build those relationships, learn the language to where we can communicate clearly, then as we're teaching and sharing the gospel, that takes longer than just sitting down mm. sharing the gospel over lunch or something. Well, and in this context, there's not necessarily a hostility towards Christianity or the message of the gospel, but 
um, they kind of view religion as like an insurance policy. So sure, like I'll take on one more and, you know, just to cover my bases. And so they have no problem like accepting the morals that Christianity teaches and things like that. They're all for it and they're very accepting of um, Western missionaries. Um, and so, yeah, it, at first appearance, it seems like, oh, like this is gonna be really easy to, to reach them with this message. But then when you really get down into it, they're either just um, wanting to be friendly and accept what you're having to say, or it is an insurance policy of, okay, I'll just layer this on to what I'm already clinging on to for, um, yeah, for the insurance. And there's not a true understanding. Hmm. I was uh, talking to one of our, uh, the pastor of the church that we're in, um, we're attending. And uh, I was asking him a question on, along these lines. And he said, one thing that they see a lot in their church is people giving Christianity a, a shot. Mm. Well, mm. my life has not been so great. I've lost this and lost that and mm -hmm. not doing well. So I'm just going to give Christianity um, a try and see if things get better. And so we, we can be excited about this, this interest. Mm -hmm. And there's a great opportunity to then disciple and to teach and to train. But if you don't have those relationships and you, you haven't begun from the beginning, then you're just giving them this, um, another coin to flip, to mm -hmm. give it a shot and see if it works out for them. And when they find out this life is hard, then they, they move on to something else, try right. something different because they haven't truly under, understood and, and believed regardless of their circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that, you, that he said that because that was exactly how the Karen were. Um, you know, they... In, in order for them to start coming to church, they had to reach a point where they made a decision where they wanted to be a Christian. Well, what was bringing them to that point was sickness, um, you know, something bad happening in their family. So they're going to give God a, a try, give Christianity a try and see, you know, see if that helps their, their spirit sacrifices haven't been doing it, haven't healed the kid or, you know, whatever the problem was. And, and so the, what we found happen, you know, as you know, you were there um, many times was, was that, that, that was the thing that brought them to the place where they would, that made them willing to listen. And then because we're teaching chronologically and beginning at the beginning, hopefully very quickly, they begin to get a big, a big view of God. And all of a sudden, God becomes something that's more important than what they were seeking after. And, you know, we saw that happen with people. And, um, but if it doesn't, then they go back. Go ahead, Rachel. Sorry. Um, and that speaks to the goodness of God that he would allow our unfirm motives um, in coming to him to even be the thing that, you know, initiates that relationship with him. Like he doesn't. Hmm distinguish between like oh well your motive is not pure and he, right. he understands that like that's where we're all coming from anyway yeah yeah no i think he actually uses those motives to 
bring us to the point where we're, you know, them where they're ready to listen. And so you guys have been there now almost three months. How, how is everything? Does you feeling more at home or do things still feel a little foreign or where, where are things at? We're definitely getting more comfortable. Um, the area that we settled in the city is a very active community. Um, lots of markets, lots of just little vendors all over the place and everything within walking distance. So we will often walk to get lunch or um, coffee or um, whatever the case may be. And so um, people are seeing our faces. Um, we try to take the kids with us um, as often as we can, uh, just for people to see our faces and to be more comfortable, familiar with us. Not um, So that's that's been in, uh, really good. Um, over the last couple of months um, being here, just uh, recognizing people, people recognizing us, and you can kind of feel like you're part of the community. Um, so that's been that's been really good. There's definitely some some street vendors that um, we've built relationships with and um, and they see us regularly and see the kids and talk to the kids. And um, yeah, so that, that's been much better. Yeah, when we first moved in here, yeah, that's you know so uncertain what, what it, this community is gonna be like. And so we just really felt like God has blessed us with a great community to be a part of and to plug into. And mm. um, we, we speak enough of the language that, um, we're able to have pretty basic conversations. And so that's, I mean, that's where relationships start anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. So, so when they ask you guys, which they always do, especially if you can speak some Thai, when they ask you, when they ask you um, how long you've been there, how do you guys answer? <laughs> so that, that's been like a really good question because um, because now I can't just say, oh, I've just been here for two months because hmm. my pronunciation is way better than someone who's been here for just two months. Yeah. But I can't really say I've been here for 17 years because I've been gone for so long. And so I don't want them to expect more of me than <laughs> you. And so that's been like a great conversational piece. They'll ask how long I've been here. And I can, you know, I've been here for just a couple months, but I lived in the States for the last 10 years and um, I grew up here. And uh, so, yeah, that's been, that's been good. And they, you know, asked, you know, what are we doing here? And mm. even that has been really just good getting to know people because I'm you know tell them that I I grew up in a hill tribe and I speak mm. that language and and so now I'm here I want to learn Thai because my Thai isn't so great and oh yes it is it's really good and, I'm, <laughs> and, and so that's yeah. that's fun um yeah to be able to have those short conversations and they ask if the kids can speak Thai and the kids have been really good with 
their greetings and um, whying and being respectful to them because that's huge in this culture and they they just mm -hmm. love it just love mm -hmm. um, how the kids have um, yeah just really interacted with them and not just ignored them like a lot of um, kids here do so yeah that's been really good yeah the kids have been a huge bridge to relationships just because the type of the people here love kids and um, they yeah, the kids are willing to interact with them. And that's huge that we've taught our kids, like this is how you greet someone, this is how you be respectful. And that speaks that that speaks to our credit too. And so that mm. that's really meaningful to them. And so I think it's mm -hmm. been a little Yeah. Mm. yeah and often when we go to the market, we come back with free stuff if we take the kids <laughs> with us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot my purse. Oh, it doesn't matter. I got the kids with me. <laughs> yeah. Like Makaya always wants sushi and she always ends up with an extra roll or two. Huh. Yeah, she goes along. So <laughs> you can get sushi in the market. Yeah, you can. They have, huh. uh, yeah, there's a guy that little he just he has his little cart and just has all the sushi lined up and huh. you choose which one you want and you can get a roll for, what is it like 50 cents or something? Not a roll, what? but a piece. No, no, no. Oh. Like after you've gotten six pieces. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we we definitely avoid the raw fish <laughs> ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for Makaya. Uh, huh. she does I don't think she would like that anyway, but uh, the ones that have just vegetables in it, it's fine and she loves them. So. <laughs> yeah. It took us a little like probably a couple of weeks. We'd be in room. She really likes sushi, but like an like, open that. air car and but yeah. we have to it and we've gotten sick yet. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, that's good. So the um, kids don't mind being doted over? The... So far not. And, yeah. you know, I feel like, uh, and maybe, maybe it has to do with COVID. I don't know. Huh. People don't touch them. Like, oh, okay. I, I remember as a kid, they'd grab your face and yeah pinch your cheek and right and stuff they don't do that and i don't know if it's a covid thing or what but they just um yeah just get really excited um talk to the kids every once in a while maybe high five or shake their hand or something but they mm. don't they don't grab their faces and stuff like mm. i feel like they did set they did that. yeah yeah and one of our What's that, Rachel? I said maybe it's because they're a little bit older too. They're not like a little baby. Oh, older. right, right, yeah. No, they used to grab your faces all the time. One of one of our kids, I won't say which one, but he's your younger brother, not your older brother. <laughs> used to hate it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He'd get so and mad. We, <laughs> and we loved that he was more fair-skinned because they always went to him and not us. <laughs> right. Yeah. He just he just thought they were making fun of him and. He just, he didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I just am super thankful for everybody that's been praying for us. I know you've been specifically mm. praying for kids. And I mean, we can just tell a difference because they have done so well. Um, we're so thankful. Like they are super gracious with the people here and mm. um, very, yeah, they just seem very at peace and yeah, um, relaxed. And when we finally 
moved into our house, it was like, okay, mom and dad have been talking about this for two years and it's mm. finally happening. And like, I don't know, it just all, mm. all right in their world. And yeah, it's just been really helpful for us in our process just to see them mm. comfortable. Yeah, no, that's cool. No, I, 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 I constantly get people asking me how you guys are doing all the time. Yep. Um, yeah, all the time. So I know, I know a lot of people are praying for you and, and all that. And I'm sure they'll really be glad to hear this podcast as well. So, um, I had another question lined up and now I lost it. Um, um, what have, um, so you've been there, uh, again, almost three months. What have been, what have been some of the highlights of your time so far and what have been maybe some of the hardest things so far? <clears throat> so we'll start with the hardest because that kind of segues into the best. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But COVID has just made it really challenging because um, we're here, we're supposed to be building relationships and learning mm -hmm. the language and that's really hard to do when you're when there's restrictions in place and um, people aren't meeting and you're not really sure where people are at with wanting to get together and stuff. And so um, that has been challenging. And of course, like where we have our relationships here, but pretty much the week we landed, we landed on a Sunday and that week, um, all the churches in the country were shut down um, and prohibited from meeting. And then like restaurants were closed pretty quickly um, and there were just a lot of restrictions and um, COVID hasn't been too, too bad in the past, but this wave, like right when we arrived and after we finished quarantine, this was like the, the most um, COVID had impacted, especially the city that we're in. And so it was pretty bad and people were really fearful. And then um, there's yeah. a lot of stigma associated with Westerners. Like, they kind of blame the incoming tourists for, for bringing it and spreading it, even though like we're quarantining and stuff and we come in. Um, anyway, so it was just even hard to know, like is my presence causing someone to be fearful? And so, especially the first few weeks we were here, like we really, we really felt that. Um, and since then numbers have gone down, um, people are beginning to be vaccinated and um, there's, I don't know, it just, there's a different atmosphere. So restaurants are back open. People are allowed to meet in groups of up to 50, but um, the church that we have chosen to attend still isn't meeting yet. And so I think that's what's been hardest is we were really excited about having a local body to connect to and plug in. And we're hoping that a lot of our relationships would be founded there um, just because you start with the common ground because we're in the same family. Um, and so, yeah, we have relationships in the marketplace and stuff, but those are very superficial and that's where you have to start there. Um, so we're really, really hoping the churches open, or some churches have started meeting smaller ones, but ours is a little bit bigger, it's over 50. Mm. And so, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to plugging into there and it's been hard that that hasn't started yet. But all that to say, we have been, to, been able to connect with the pastor and his wife and that's been super encouraging. Mm -hmm. if you want to share about like our time yeah um so i'd say the highlight has definitely been 
the relationships, I mean, big and small. Uh, yeah, just for example, our motorcycle had a flat tire the other day. And so there's a motorcycle shop right down the street. And like, you just never know what is normal. And so you don't know, okay, does this motorcycle shop only do oil changes? Do they, everybody knows what it can and can't do. And like everybody in the community, um, like if you just need air put in your tire, can you just go up to a shop and put air in yourself with their hose or do you have to pay? Like there's just those types of things you just, you just don't know being a foreigner. And so I took the, bike up to the shop and uh, yeah the guy was just super friendly super helpful yeah we'll take care of it no problem ask which tire whether i wanted to replace it or um patch it and so you know we had a brief interaction but it was it was friendly and successful i guess so even like some of those things it's like oh the guy at the bike shop is really nice and um so you that instantly makes you feel okay next time i have an issue i'm comfortable going back there um and so there's there's a lot of those types of interactions where uh, you just get the sense okay they're really friendly and there's somebody that you can um go back to uh, the motorcycle that i bought from the shop he had to get it shipped up from a, a different city and so there was messaging back and forth and communicating um, via chat and then in person when I bought it and stuff. And so, um, yeah, just people being willing, understanding your language limitations and being able to try to um, talk with you and try to word things in a different way, maybe so you can understand like that type of thing. Those small relationships is, has definitely been the highlight. You come away from those feeling, okay, that's the place I could definitely go back to and feel comfortable because I was able to communicate with them and they're friendly. And, and then um, we just really appreciated the pastor and his wife. They came over and visited us one day, um, invited us over to their place for dinner, um, spent quite a bit of time with them. They don't speak any English. And so we were <laughs> very exhausted after those <laughs> interactions with them. <laughs> but they're also, they know why we're here. They know our limitations. They know that we do speak some. And so they're helping us. They're, when we can't think of the word, we can begin to describe what we're talking about. And they, you know, they're teaching us language as, as, as we're having these real life conversations. Um, and so that's just been a huge blessing, uh, just those, those relationships with them. And then the pastor, he, um, he, and he kept talking about uh, going spearfishing and how he loves to spearfish. So I told him right away, I'd love to go do that with you if you ever want to. And so then we saw him at, um, there was a, like a service day at the church and we went and participated in that. And, cut the grass and stuff like that and there again he had talked about spearfishing I said, if you are gonna go let me know I, I really want to go well one day he called me he said I don't know if you were kidding or whether you really wanted to go or he like gave me this big opportunity to say ah yeah I wasn't gonna go um and then 
and was like, but I, I'm going to go on Friday if you'd like to go. And I said, yeah, yeah, I would love to go. So he took me out spear fishing um, on this little tiny boat and this <laughs> spear gun that um, he bought at a market somewhere. I mean, it looks like a it looks like a crossbow that shoots a little nail, well, a big long nail um, with uh, like a line at the end. And we didn't see any fish and didn't didn't get to shoot anything, but yeah, it was just a great time just spending with him um, out on this beautiful lake and in the boat. And um, yeah, so it's it's definitely been those relationships that have have been the highlights here. Um, our landlady is another one that she's just been super friendly, super helpful. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, I can't think of any other specific relationships. And what's cool about the pastor and his wife is he actually um, grew up knowing my grandpa, my grandma and grandpa were here. Mm -hmm. um, years ago and um as a kid he would go on trips with yeah. your grandpa carrying your grandpa's backpack yeah. and stuff mm -hmm. my grandpa would hike up to these villages and be gone for days and so yeah he would help carry his his pack i guess he was telling us the other day mm. um and so it's just cool to i don't know i feel like they especially have a connection with us because they yeah. know and love grandparents and so um it really does feel like family in a way like because mm. of the spiritual connection we have with them but then also the relational connection that's already there and we're just super grateful for um, the people that have gone before us and and for the lord preparing um preparing things for us um that we can just step into and reap the benefits of um mm. which has been really really cool mm. yeah and then of course the food is a huge highlight <laughs> oh yeah yeah we, and, the, and the price of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, um, where we're living, just, what is it? The football field away, there's a plaza that every night, I mean, is just packed with whatever kind of amazing food you, you can think of. And then Mondays and Wednesdays, um, it's probably three times the size, a huge market, tons of fresh produce and fruit and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, we've just really been <laughs> enjoying all of that. And mm -hmm. so actually, kids trying new stuff too, and that's been good. Yeah, I actually cooked my first meal since being in Thailand this week. So huh. we've, we've just either been like going out or going to the market and bringing food home. And so yeah. Um, it took us a little bit of time to set up our kitchen and, and stuff, mm. and it's not really necessary, but mm -hmm. we were like, okay, like some, there's a, a couple things, Chicken very minimal, <laughs> like things that we can't cook. So <laughs> I quesadillas and uh, um, corn salsa, which back home uh, would be like, you know, a simple cheap meal. Right. But here, it took me like three hours to get the ingredients I needed. And, uh, everything together and, and more expensive because of the cheese yeah oh, it was right 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 like yeah that's like the hardest i've ever worked to make quesadillas <laughs> so yeah the things that you can't get here are kind of random but huh. yeah that was a milestone our first meal cooked in our kitchen <laughs> huh. oh, that's awesome so 
um, like you said earlier, you spent 17 years there growing up, then you're gone for 10. Now you're back as adults with your own kids. So how's, how's it different? The, the hardest thing is definitely the language because yeah, I lived here for 17 years, but the majority of that was in a different language. Mm. And then my high school years was here in this city, but uh, yeah, a high school, they all speak English. Mm. And so my language ability is very uh, childish because one, I was a child when I was here. And so, okay, what's your favorite color? What food do you like? What? Yeah. Just super basic things. And so, how are you feeling? Well, mm. I don't know how to tell you that. And, you know, like there's, there's uh, adult content conversations, mm -hmm. uh, deeper things that I just don't have a large vocabulary for. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what's difficult um, mm -hmm. and different about um, being here as an adult. Uh, mm. And then, um, and then having, yeah, the, the responsibilities, of course, is, is, yeah, is, is totally different, like trying to navigate setting up a house and buying a motorcycle and a vehicle and you know that type of thing um there's a lot of language in there that i just never experienced as a kid because it wasn't the realms that i was i don't know if you can hear that but that's the ice cream cart nice by at nine in the morning <laughs> your kids will be coming in in a minute and he knows our house <laughs> and he stops and he looks in the window yeah Oh, there goes Malachi. Oh, oh. he stopped him. Okay. I'm going to need to. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, well, wait till your kids, uh, wait till you find out your kids are playing paintballs in abandoned houses and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not, why we did it. Yeah, I don't, I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on at the time. It was one of those things I found out about later. Playing paintball at the end of the house. Uh, Did you give him enough money? Yeah. Why did she? Okay. <laughs> yes, the kids learned the sound of the ice cream cart <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> Micaiah, put the cat down, honey. That's the one thing that yeah we we did to help the kids adjust is we got two kittens, so that's been oh nice quite the adventure. Um, the kids that are enjoying that. Yeah. So you said the COVID numbers are going down. Um, like, are you able to travel in country much yet? Have you, have you been able to get back to the villages where you grew up in yet or not yet or? No, uh, travel in country is open back up. And yeah, you can tr travel and not have to quarantine. Um, where Rachel lived, is 12 hours away so with my classes monday through thursday mm. uh yeah we don't really have enough time to get away. Weekends to go out there um mm -hmm. 
I've been wanting to get up to our village, but they had told me I shouldn't come yet. Mm. Uh, I think they're pretty scared of COVID. And even though the church would be okay with me going up, the rest of the village might uh, be upset about it. Because, I mean, if anybody gets COVID, they're blaming the, the foreigner that came up and everybody knows came True. up. And so, yeah, I'm just waiting for them to, and the, the village headman to give me the okay to go up. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's been a little tricky na to navigate because you have the government restrictions, which at this point are lifted, but then yeah, there's the fear and um, yeah. it has kind of a different stance on yeah. how they want to approach things. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the, the prime minister though, just the other day put out an announcement that uh, their goal is to, uh, to have the country 100% back open within 120 days. Hmm. So that would, that would lift the quarantine um, requirement entering the country and everything. Huh. So that's what. I wonder if that will be from any country or just certain countries. It, it sounds like it. It sounds like huh. it what like completely open yeah yeah they're hoping to have their vaccination numbers up by then as well so that's their their goal so do you have um um people there is it at all like it is here where um you have people that are very afraid of it and then you have people that you know they think it's nothing and everybody in between i would say it's yeah. less like that than the states yeah um, because people here are less individualistic and so they tend to like gotcha. be more community focused right and so like i don't know it's easier i think to i would say i would say there's both like like the um Restaurants were all closed down for a couple of weeks. You couldn't mm -hmm. eat. It. The day they opened it back up, we went to a restaurant and it was very packed. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think people are in some sense over it, but having talked to mm -hmm. a few people, they've told me, yeah, yeah, there's some people that are very, very terrified of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you get both, but I don't think it's um, I don't think it's one against the other. It's okay. You do what you're comfortable with. I'm going to do what I'm comfortable with, and mm -hmm. that's fine. They're okay with that. So it's yeah. not it's not a um, it has it's not power. Yeah, it's not divisive. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you're yeah. comfortable, you can go eat out, and if not, and, and so I think there is both that are scared of it. And, some that are not, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Each side lets the other side live life. Right, right. <laughs> uh, no, that's good. Well, anything else you guys wanted to share with folks or any what are what are some specific things that uh you would appreciate people praying about? Um, one thing um, we've been thinking and praying through is just schooling for the kids. Um, so we are finishing up this, this homeschool year, this upcoming week. 
Um, and then I'm going to start um, working with a language helper two mornings a week. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. But um, yeah, we're just trying to decide what's best for the kids. And COVID's made that a little bit challenging too, because at this point, like they don't have any interaction with any Thai kids. Um, we haven't, like our neighbors don't have kids. Um, and so we're hoping that church will kind of provide that missing piece and that there'll be relationships there where they can have friends, Thai friends and work the language. Um, but we don't know yet since we haven't been able to gather. And so um, if, yeah, if that's not gonna provide that piece for them, like once we're there, if that's not enough interaction or language learning time, then I would like to get them enrolled in some kind of high school, but I don't necessarily want it to be all day, every day. Um, so we're just kind of praying through that. We're prepared to homeschool again in the fall. Um, but we'd also like, we really, it's a priority for us that the kids get the language and um, really have some good friends. And so we just aren't sure what it's going to take for that to happen yet. So mm. just for wisdom and in, in those decisions. Yeah. How do you yeah. feel like your language is progressing? It's uh, definitely progressing. The classes that I've been in have been um, very basic, not a lot of new stuff yet. So it's because uh, I, I started at level zero um, in the class. And so uh, there's been days that have been very boring, but uh, there has it, ha it has been good. I've learned to read um a lot more in the class uh just from uh, like the vocabulary that he goes over is familiar and he has a the script next to it and so i'm able to teach myself how to read through that the next level that i'll be going into in july will begin reading and writing and so there there has been um quite a bit of of language that I feel like I've been able to learn and use because um, that's going from learning it to using it is a pretty big jump because uh, often in the moment you can't think of the right words or um, and so yeah it's been it has been really good just um, getting out in the market and having these small conversations where I've been thinking about this word all day long and then able to use it. And, and so, yeah, I definitely feel like our language has been progressing. Mm. Uh, and I think, I think pretty rapidly because we already know the sen sentence structure. We know mm -hmm. uh, the sounds, we know the tones. And so all, all of that is familiar. We're just plugging in new vocabulary. Right. Uh, I was just thinking about this yesterday. Um, I think one of the most difficult things is the sentence structure for English speakers because mm -hmm. everything is almost everything is reversed. Like right. instead of saying there's a red dog, you would say um, <laughs> dog red there. Mm -hmm. And and so <laughs> yeah, with everything, like if you if you're learning from from scratch, you're having to switch the, those word orders around mm -hmm. uh, 
translating the words. And uh, so, yeah, that's, so we definitely have a huge advantage there where it is natural for me to say the words in the correct order. Yeah. And as I'm lear learning new vocabulary, I know where in the sentence that new word gets plugged in. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I think we're jumping in at a part that is difficult in the language, though, because what we need is more to work more on our flow of language, definitely more vocabulary. But then how does that person in this country like speak naturally? What are the filler words? What are the, the connector words, the words? And how do they form their thoughts and ideas in yeah. different contexts? And, um, this language is very um, socially driven. And so like pronouns change depending on who you're addressing, whether they're older or younger than you, or mm. if they have some kind of status, whether that's, you know, education, wealth, et cetera. And then who am I in relation to them? And so everything, you're always constantly having to analyze who am I talking to? What context are we in? What is our relationship in the setting? Um, and so the pronouns I'm going to use are different, like the formality of my language is going to be different. And so they, they do it without a thought, like it's just very natural for them because they've been doing it since they were kids. But for us coming into that context when we don't even have the same old view of, of that social hierarchy, it's very difficult to capture like the nuances and to, to understand those. So I think that's what makes it one of the things that makes it difficult because um, yeah that's a huge piece of culture that we have to learn kind of hand in hand with with the language and in order for it to flow the yeah. way it should so praying for language and culture study yeah so um <clears throat> you're going to boon tips church yeah mm -hmm. so does um boon tip have any idea why you're there like in the past, you know, the, the missionaries he was associated with came to work with tribal people. You're, you guys is well, hi, there's two of my favorite people finally are willing to get in the camera so I can see them. We sure miss you. I miss my go check the cows buddy and snowshow buddy. And football, buddy. Did purple see your shirt? Oh, look at that. Awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so have you guys made some friends yet? Yeah, we made, well, one, we made two. No, three. Yeah. Nice. Two girls, one boy. Okay. Nice. Or, names? You know their names? Yeah. What are they? Theo, Lena, and Suchi. Oh, nice. So are you Lena. learning are you learning to speak their language? Not really. So Theo and Lena are they speak English. Okay. Lena just speaks a little. She speaks a little bit. She speaks German. Yeah. So some oh. of the ex-family here have kids that they've been able to play with. So that's been fun. Yeah. But, but Theo's leaving next week. And Lena is, um, she's German. So she speaks more German than 
Fuji. Fuji. Yeah. Fuji. Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, yeah. Where did we meet Fuji or Suji? Um, at Happy's. Yeah. Is that so a restaurant? A we like to go to. And next door is a little electrical shop. And there they have a little girl who's six. And so sometimes no, she's five. Oh, she's five. Okay. So sometimes we'll eat at that restaurant. Huh. The kids get to go next door. And she has a little like area that we can use. Yeah. Huh. Well, Makaya, I heard that, um, that, 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 they don't have sushi over there where you are. Is that true? No. <laughs> At the big market, there is. No. Yeah. Do you get it all the time? Sometimes. Let's see. Crab, cucumber, carrot, and no cream cheese. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Can I show you something really cool? Yeah. I have to oh. go get it. Yeah, okay. She's just gonna show you the cat. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. Ready? There's two plus. There's this two Oh, plus. look at that. A kitty. <laughs> Hi. What's the kitty's name? Huh? The other one I check up. What's the name? Toothless. Oh, yeah. You know, he looks like Toothless, doesn't he? <laughs> huh. All right. Well, uh, yeah, so I was asking, does, they they probably don't know yet why you're there. You're planning to work with the Thai church and all. And... Um, Which way got bitten? I don't think we've had any conversation necessarily about that. I think... Mm -hmm. We've just communicated at this point. We're really wanting to learn Thai. We want to um, plug in. We want to um, just really be a part of their church. Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, we're at the point too where see, you know, see where the Lord takes us in the future and what He does. And right. there's a lot of um, different languages represented within their church, and so mm -hmm. there's. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of opportunity um, connections with different people groups and stuff just from their church. So, mm. yeah. Cool. Well, Makaya and Malachi, is there anything that you would like people at FBC to be praying about for you? <clears throat> that our cats would grow up. Okay. Your cats would grow <laughs> and that, up. And, and that they would never get lost or run away until okay. we give them away okay and that they would catch lots of mice yeah 